Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Heads Together podcast. Okay, so this week I am joined by the amazing Yinka Ewolia. And Yinka is, oh God, she's amazing. I had a Zoom with her last week, I think it was. Oh my God, I could have chatted to her all day. She is so interesting. She has so many good stories. And she just, we just speak the same language. We are so aligned in our approach. So Yinka is, she's a, a business coach, a mentor, um, and a strategist. And she works with, her passion is working with women um, and focusing on everything from their systems, their environments, their processes, all of that kind of business support that they need, and especially their money mindset and their cash flow. And I think that is what I picked up from her when we spoke last time, is that that's her passion around empowering women to improve their money mindset and understand the importance of cash flow in their business is absolutely fantastic. She is a complete champion for women doing their thing. She is just amazing. Anyway, before I wax lyrical all day, let's welcome her into the conversation. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant, full-fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Yinka, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jill. It's lovely to be here. I've been really looking forward to this. We were introduced by someone that we have in common in our lives, the wonderful Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. And when we spoke for the first time, I literally could have sat and spoke to you all day. (laughs) Ah, it was just so good. And then I kept thinking, damn, I wish we'd been recording this conversation. So I am very excited to have you on the show. Can you just share a little bit about what you do? Yes. Um, And as I said, I'm so excited to be here and uh, feel exactly the same. We could have spoken all day. My name is Yinka Ewola. I am a business strategist. Um, I also uh, coach. I consult. My jam, as I like to say, is I support women to build thriving and profitable businesses while living full, fabulous and nourishing lives. And I do that so that they don't ever feel like they need to choose between their health and their wealth or their money and their life. Oh, I love that. I just want to 
go back to what you said just then about empowering women so that they never have to choose between their health and their wealth. I mean, what a mission that is, right? It's a mission that definitely comes from my my own story. I I talk about how I was essentially dragged into business inadvertently when my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. So at the time I was an investment banker, having kind of done an economics degree and she became sick with no kind of history in her family, really, really virulent. We were really worried. It was a really, really difficult time. And my mum ran a business. I was seeing her leave chemotherapy to go and service client needs because of the nature of the way the business had been structured, but also because of the concern that she had around the survival of the business, around cash flow, around the many, many people that needed her income, uh, not only in her immediate, but also her extended family, her community. So even though she was in a, essentially in a fight for her life, she really didn't feel like she could just have that focus and, and really just focus on focusing on her treatment. So I, I saw it a few times. I was like, abs, hell to the N-O. So I was like, uh, yeah, we can talk about the investment banking conversation another time. But I just, I stepped out of that career. I went to help her with hers and her business. And, you know, she was able to focus, get back to health. My mom is amazing and has been, you know, she went climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro uh, to celebrate 10 years free of cancer a few years back. Oh, so wow. That's I am amazing. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. But I'm also grateful because it was that time that really sharpened in my own mind the importance of business fundamentals mm-hmm. and the importance of cash flow to business. And, you know, I came into I came into that environment. Obviously, I, I knew and understood finance and banking. I didn't understand anything about small business. So when when the tax man came along and was like, you need to pay today. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Can we pay on Friday? The invoice will clear by then, da, da, da. And he was like, no, you need to pay today. And I was like, well, I can't pay today. And his words like rang in my ears. He was like, well, then your business is dead. <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, how can it be that? Like, we're in an office we are, you know, there's chairs and PCs and there's staff next door. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, a business that runs out of money is is no longer a business. It's no longer, it's no longer viable. I burst into tears. I was like, what are we going to do? Like, how am I going to explain to my mom? Like what? Mm. And yeah, after explaining the entire scenario, you know, he did let us pay on Friday. But that expression of, if you have no cash, you have no business, rang so loudly in my ears. And it is something that, you know, it really fueled my mission in business around that profitability, around making sure that women build these viable businesses that work for them, not just them working for the business. But it also made me realise how little cash flow and cash as a concept is really spoken about or thought about in the world of business. You know, it to learn how to grow that business, we've invested, you know, five, six figures. We've flown around the world. We've listened to all the Brads and Chads of the world yeah. <laughs> uh, teach us about marketing and teach us about mm-hmm. sales and teach us about all those things. And almost nobody, and I say almost, but almost nobody spoke about 
cash flow as an actual concept. And to me, that's a massive disservice because you can have cash and still have a cash flow problem. Absolutely. As you just said, you know, no one is talking about this stuff. And you're so right, because whilst I think the internet is incredibly noisy, the online business world is ridiculous, it's deafening. But actually, when it comes to business fundamentals, the non-sexy stuff, not the digital marketing stuff that, you know, we can literally build a a pathway to the moon with all the freebie (laughs) opt-ins for that that stuff the business fundamentals thinking about things like you know the compliance side of things the insurance side of things the non-sexy stuff and certainly cash flow it's just not something that we're that there's a a a ton of education on for people Um, and especially for women starting businesses now where there is this low barrier to entry to start a business which is great which is fantastic but we need those fundamentals we need you Yinka to educate us (laughs) I as I said I am so passionate about business as a tool for good in the world I honestly think that one of the things I love most about business is I fully understand everybody's intention you know, we, we have this misapprehension that, you know, the, the charity sector and the NGO sector is, you know, where altruism is born and, you know, where, where good hearted people go to do good hearted things. And, and yet we, we've seen the scandals, you know, and I, I don't want to call out any specific organizations. Like I don't want anyone to come to, to get you or me, but we've seen that that's not the case, that, that human beings are human beings and exploitation is everywhere. Whereas in a business, I fully understand you are in a business to make money because a business that doesn't make money isn't a business. And so I can see your intentions and you can see mine. And so the beautiful thing about that is everybody knows where we stand. Everybody's a grown up and we're able to really move forward and solve the world's biggest problems. There isn't going to be, in my opinion, a problem that business isn't going to solve. And so with that in mind, the fact that the barrier to entry is a lot lower is brilliant. It means that not only do we get to solve the world's biggest problems, but it's also such a powerful vehicle for all sorts of freedom, for for time freedom, for cash freedom, for geographical freedom, given the the state of the world that we live in when it comes to women and it comes to, you know, the, the additional burden that comes from being females in the patriarchy. Business is so is such a powerful force. And so for me, I come from a long line of women who have done whatever they've done and had side hustles and, you know, side hustles, main hustles, side hustles on side hustles. You know, it is just having that independence, having that problem solving, proactive focus on I solve a problem for a profit. That's what a bit, that's, you know, the, the definition of business that I subscribe to. So from that perspective, That barrier to entry being low does mean, though, that people can come into business with the wrong attitude about money, about sales, and find themselves in all sorts of a pickle, find themselves spending thousands on, this is no shade to my amazing colleagues who do brilliant work in these spaces, but spending loads and loads of money on websites and brands and corporate stationery and business cards. That is absolutely applicable in some businesses, but in a business like mine, 
I have none of those things and I have a highly profitable business. And so what we've been taught about what it takes to run a profitable business and what is the truth of that, especially with the democratization that we get from the internet, are two now is two completely different things. And I and I just feel like the information and advice out there hasn't caught up with the, you know, the digital world that we live in and the opportunity that business provides. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think there is a lot of that catch up going on at the moment. And I think I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a lot of um, circling back to fundamentals now because it's almost like the, the, the chickens are coming home to roost where <laughs> aren't they just the businesses that have started without that fundamental knowledge they're now suffering and and the owners are gonna are having to circle back at some point someone's gonna realize that yeah. the d does no clothes on <laughs> it is and and that's exactly how it is in business you can have we laughed about this uh when we spoke you can have the most beautiful logo you can tell me your your brand you know spirit animal um, but if you run out of cash, you have no business. <laughs> you have no, you have no business and a pretty one at that. Like right. it just, that's exactly right. I think that's funny. We laughed about that last time, didn't we? The, the brand spirit animal. <laughs> oh, I love it. So tell me more about this cash flow. Educate us a bit around why is this important and what really is it? It's going to sound like such an obvious question. But I will guarantee there are people listening to this who are saying that doesn't apply to me because they're maybe running an online business. Maybe they don't have a brick and mortar office, you know, and they're going to say, well, that just doesn't apply to me. You're absolutely right. One of the barriers I often feel is that people think that cash and cash flow are the same and they're not. One of the reasons why we know that they're not is because we see the scenario over and over again of people who win the lottery. So regular people in regular jobs, they win the lottery. So they go and they go on to have millions in cash, but because they never had the discipline and, and the, you know, the energetics and the, the self image to manage that level of cash. What the, the trend that is often seen is that they go bankrupt. So they don't go back to where they were before. They actually become worse off yeah. having had that disproportionate amount of cash. So one of the mistakes that um, we often see is people think that cash is financial. Cash, 100%, money is financial, but it's also emotional. It's also energetic. It's also relational. And it has um, so many different facets to it that are not well understood. But what I will say in terms of people thinking, oh, it doesn't apply to me. The biggest companies in the world, bar none, bar none, the biggest companies in the world, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, the biggest part of Amazon's business is not the, you know, the fact that they sell everything from A to Z. It's the things that they have essentially on subscription. Netflix, a subscription-based business. Amazon Prime is one of the biggest facets of that business. Apple as well. Yes, they sell you phones, but what they're selling you more is things on uh, the App Store and the, the subscriptions. And the, There is a reason why 
businesses are adopting that subscription-based model and, and businesses that have that flow of cash are worth more in terms of sellability scores. And it is because of the nature of cash that flows and the, as opposed to cash that, 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 as I like to call, splashes, so these big chunks of money. And the thing that I would say in terms of defining it is, is really recognising that because it is energetic, I, I did, you know, straw polls online and things like that. I said, would you prefer to have, you know, £120,000 on the 1st of January for an entire year? Or would you prefer to have um, £10,000 on the 1st of every month through the year? And so many people were like, I'd prefer to have the money or go and invest it. Yes, of course. Thank you very much. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We got you guys. But from a business perspective, in terms of the value of that business, the the value of the business and and kind of the way that it's perceived, that ten thousand a month is much more stable. Mm-hmm. They they're used to a drip um, and a flow of cash. They're used to managing their expenses versus versus that income on an ongoing basis. They are used to living um, and and seeing that in and out and managing that. Whereas the that big splash at the beginning, they're just used to seeing the erosion of their cash position. And then what happens? On the 2nd of January, the following year, when that 120,000 hasn't come in. And so one of the things that I, I talk about cash flow is obviously made up of lots of different components, you know, from an accounting perspective. Some of that is profit. Some of that will cover expenses, all of those things. But the kind of key thing to note, a sustainable business has a flow of cash. Money is coming in and hopefully less money is being spent. But but the the discipline that you learn from from kind of managing that ongoing position is 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 the muscle that transforms and creates sustainable businesses, and that's where that low barrier to entry can be challenging because if you come into business but you still have that that employee mindset and you still have that waiting for someone to pay you kind of vibe and you've still got that you know I'm waiting for someone to pay the invoice I'm waiting I'm waiting I'm waiting no ah. You have crossed to the promised land of entrepreneurialville. So now you are a proactive problem solver. Go get your cash. You know, right. go and solve problems for a profit. The world is your oyster. And I get it because ultimately, you know, money is always a, t- a challenging topic, particularly for women in business. We're often taught that, oh, you can either be adding value or you can be making money. That's not true. So no. Oh God, couldn't agree more. I make it make a stand for the and stand for the and hundred percent. Yeah, and but more importantly, is the idea that you are adding more value because of it's it's a complete and utter lie. There is often so much transformation in the transaction Mm -hmm. that charging and charging properly and charging effectively and understanding what you sell. I literally had this conversation today where someone was explaining to me that they were not sending invoices for the work that they'd done. And I'm like, oh, so in addition to the service that you offer, you're also a credit providing institution? And she was like, no. And I'm like, well, then why are you doing the work and getting paid after? I'm like, you can't go to Tesco's and collect your groceries and pay after. That's right, yeah. You can't go to Amazon and 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 pay for and, and get it after. I'm like that. We just have this deference to the to the uh, cash holder idea. So we we you know we we'll do the work. We're just so happy to get you know happy to get the job. 
we'll take any crappy terms that you give us. And I'm like, no, you are now an entrepreneur that solves a problem for a profit. You are the prize. They are lucky to have you. They are lucky to have the solution you have to offer. And as such, you are the person who has the opportunity to create terms that suit and serve you also. The beauty of of being in business is we get the chance to create win-wins. You should be winning. You should, you as a business owner, if you provide something that actually supports and improves someone else's else's life and helps them and makes things better for them, then it is 100% your duty to make sure you charge properly because there is nothing more annoying than making people love what you offer and then you going out of business because you weren't sustainable. Absolutely right. One thing I often say to my clients is that, you know, you're actually cheating your future clients out of the solution you can provide for them if you don't have a sustainable business model. 100%. And that's the thing, though. There there is this whole fear around money. There's a fear Mm. around talking about it. There's a fear around being perceived to want it or have it or hold it. And I'm like, we have to get away from that. Money is just... A, a store of value money but you know what is else is a store of value like there were so many other things literally selling is just exchanging value you're providing a service they're providing the cash once you start on wrong definitions it then builds into you know sham houses and and crazy crazy entire towns but we have to unpack it all and go back to the beginning and where do you start with that when a client comes to you and clearly they're struggling with cash flow in their business. And, you know, your story at the beginning of of this episode really kind of highlights, doesn't it, how fragile a business can be and how things can change in an instant um, Mm. in terms of the survival of a business. So when women come to you and and this is something they're struggling with, where do you start? I always start with mindset because ultimately – it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't upgrade your mindset, your subconscious will be working against you. Like your your brain works perfectly when it's designed to keep you safe. But designed to be keep you safe doesn't it's not compatible with trying to build a sustainable business. Your brain's like, ah, you're not safe. Don't charge that. Don't do that. Like it's working perfectly if it's trying to stand in the way of your dreams. So <laughs> One of my mentors says mindset is what separates the rest from the best. And it is about the way that you're looking at things, what you believe to be true, the stories you're telling yourself about the world, about money and about yourself that has to be unpacked and has to be reorientated in order for you to begin to powerfully and proactively start making a difference. So yeah, I I start with mindset. I start with the definitions. I start with really just focusing in on, so for example, I, I take some of the energy and the attachment out of the idea of money. Those of us who've grown up in church, we, we, we heard, um, it misquoted, for example, that, that money or the love of money or whatever is the root of all evil. Oh, that's one of those very lingering money mindsets that that come with us. And because you heard that, believe that, you know, we were all bathed in that idea. Even when you liberate yourself and you're like, no, actually money is simply 
you know, an amplifier in the hands of the holder. You know, money doesn't make you good or bad. If a good person has money, then money will do good. If a bad person has money, then our money will do what they exactly what they want it to do. That's all it is. I am. Um, can I share with you? Actually, at that point, I have to share with you this. Um, I think it's such a good metaphor for this, and that is that money is. It's like water. When your water is like money, I guess in terms of it being neutral energy. So when you're thirsty, water is amazing. When you've got a hole yeah. in your roof, not so much. Yeah. The right. water itself is neutral. It's yeah. It's the energy behind it, right? The context. Mm. And and what I would say is that money is the most powerful soldier you will ever have in the fight against generational poverty. As uh, a black woman uh, living in a non-black uh, predominant country, as the mother of uh, sons, as as the ch- a child of two incredibly brave people who travelled thousands of miles away from everything that they knew to to uh, give their children and their descendants a better life. There's no person I heard the other day. You know, oh, money doesn't make you happy. And the person said, well, then clearly you haven't given it away to enough people who need it. And I was like, yes, I can so get behind that statement. Oh, I love that. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, that means that that in and of itself. For me, I was like, that gave me goosebumps because I was like, yes. That has given me goosebumps now. (laughs) There are so many things that that I want to see improved in this world that I can do. When I have money under my control, that's the reason why. There's only so many shoes or bags or car. I can only drive one car at a time, no matter how many cars I own. It's never about that stuff. It's always about the other stuff, the impact, the opportunity. You know, I'm passionate about girls' education. I'm passionate about job skills. I'm passionate, you know, about all these things. And money will have something to say about that. So from my perspective, impact legacy, all of these things that we're told, it's not about the money, it's about impact. You know, focus on impact, not on income. Mm. I'm like, focus on income and make your impact. It's not either or. We stand for the and, which I love that you say so much, and I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so true, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, I, I think it, it all started, didn't it? When uh, I think it was when Simon Sinek or Sinek, I'm never not sure how he pronounced his name, wrote um, Start With Why. Yeah. And I think that that book launched this avalanche of judgment on people oh, who yeah. wanted to create <laughs> wealth. I don't think that was his intention. Yeah, and, and I don't think it was. The thing I would say is that it really isn't. We find this, and this is where mindset is so powerful. We always find narratives to suit our beliefs. He said, start with why. So everyone was like, oh, you know, it's it's all about impact. It's not about income. Right. I'm like, actually, you know, and again, my passion around women creating wealth. When women create wealth and when women have wealth, they spend differently. They invest differently. They invest in community projects. And uh, one of the things that I do, one of my side, 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 side hustles is, you know, I'm an angel investor. So I invest in in new and up and coming companies. And so I spend a lot of time watching how women spend, how women, when they have well, what they do with it. Mm. And that's, again, one of one of my whys, because they spend socially, they create benefit far beyond 
you know, when, when women have wealth, everybody benefits. I need more people with beautiful hearts to have as much money as they can. Yes. As you're saying that, I'm getting this kind of this feelings washing over me of how can we not desire wealth when that's how we can use it? Why would we not want to be wealthy? And I think it is just simply those old money stories that we grew up with. You know, it's rude to talk about money. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money's the root of all evil. All those old legacy money stories that we bring with us. You know, when I'm supporting women, there are seven areas that we we basically need to reorientate our thinking. So we think that, you know, money has power. It doesn't. We think that we are limited. We're not. We think that, you know, time is forever. It isn't. We think that like employment is safe. It's not. You know, there are like they're, they're the four that come oh, to I mind. Love that. I want all seven now. You're gonna have to share all seven with us. <laughs> I will. I'll. I'll try and remember them as I'm talking. But this is the thing. <laughs> I invested so much money and time, rightfully, to go and upgrade and learn more about money and money mindset. But it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I have a great money mindset in my own opinion. You can clearly see I have a healthy sense of self-esteem as well. And, and you know, I'm an unapologetic about both. But the point there is, is that actually a great money mindset isn't the only thing that is hindering your cash flow. It's those other six areas as well. And, mm-hmm. and there are brilliant, brilliant, like incredible courses out there on that mindset piece. But the mindset is the foundation. Because mindset has to look like something. I'm no, I'm not bashing any, you know, like a quantum amazing manifestors, not at all. I absolutely believe, you know, I'm a praying person. I'm a woman of faith. I believe in miracles, 100%. But we've got to take aligned action. We've got to do the work. And yes. therefore, we then have to take that mindset and then, and then layer on top of it powerful skill sets. You have to, it's not just about doing it's about doing the right stuff at right. the right time in the right quantity, frequency and intensity. And you you don't get away from that just because you're awesome at mindset. Mm. And so what I what I tend to find is, you know, people want to stay in that. Oh, we love mindset. And I'm like, yep, we've done the mindset piece. Now let's move to skill set. Now let's look at, at we, we're going to do these things. We need to do them well. Let's do them well or not at all. And since we're here, we may as well do them well. So it's it's then about focusing in on we've got this powerful mindset foundation. Now let's layer powerful and well-crafted skill sets on top of that mindset. And where does that start? That starts with understanding the most important skill set of all, which is discernment, which is Ooh. understanding what is a cash flow critical activity and what is not. And this oh. is something that I, I, I don't get in internet fights, but I've, I've had a lot of people. <laughs> Love a good internet fight. Bring it on. <laughs> it's not a good use of my time. <laughs> but what I would say is people feel very strongly. Mm. You know, people feel very strongly about what a cash flow critical activity is and what isn't. And all I will say is I don't need to argue with you because the results do the talking. 
Mm-hmm. A cash flow critical activity is something that in and of itself, it was if it was repeated, if they are repeated together and there are only two, that will increase the cash flow in your bank account. They're the only things. We can we can go back and forth all we like. All I say is that in and of itself, if it doesn't increase cash flow in your business, it might be a business builder activity and there are many and they are important, but building your business and building your cash flow are not the same activities. Yeah. Tell us what the two are. <laughs> so the two cash flow critical activities, as I described them, are making offers for cash and collecting the cash into the bank account. Yes. Just those two. Yes. And I will not be one of the people entering into an internet fight with you on this one. Because <laughs> I could not agree with you more. Making offers. For cash. I tend to, for cash and collecting money. I mean, if you want to introduce a third, I mean, it's not necessary, but having conversations, good conversations with the right people, making Mm. offers and collecting the money. Those are what I call cash flow critical and what I call the cash flow generation. Now you've got cash flow preparation. And now there's ah, a list. Okay, of and that's where yeah. that. Okay, got you. Yeah, so yep. there's a list of those. You're absolutely right. I'm not mm. expecting you to rock up. You know, no one would go on a date and be like, oh, hi, my name is Jinka, let's get married. Nobody does that because no one would say yes unless the, the kind of. I would say yes, I love to. our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but not, but that's the thing. We've at least had a conversation. So, yes, there are cash flow preparation activities. But the challenge is, as with all things, 80-20, Pareto is very, very clear. The law of the vital view says that 20% of your actions will get you 80% of your results. Right. So the problem is, if you A, if you don't know what they are, B, if you don't know how to do them well, you, like, you, can't, you can't make an offer for cash if you don't know how to craft an offer, if you don't know how to talk about an offer, if you don't have anyone to, to make a, a valid and valuable offer to. So they're all of the preparation uh, skills that go and and a, a few more besides to help people to be able to say, OK, fine, here's my offer. Here is the opportunity to, to you know, to to get that transformation that you've said you've wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you buy from me or not in a sales conversation, I will give you value every time you will come into a conversation with me and you'll have the opportunity to make an empowered decision. And I would love if you're making that decision with me, but I would also love if you if you are making an empowered yes, great. If you're making an empowered no, perfect. I trust that you know what's best for you. I trust that, you know, when you're like, oh, I can't afford it and, and you know, because I'd rather go on free holidays rather than work and sort this out. Perfect. You are an adult. I respect your decision. I hope it goes brilliantly. We'll catch up in three months time. If you're still in the same place, I will, you know, I I know that what I'm offering to you will change your world. I know that you'll be so glad when if if it's the right time for you. And if it's not always never the right time for you, that's okay too. And therein lies the point about this whole idea of, as you said, you know, really thinking about making sure that you are able to have those conversations, making sure that you are giving people the chance to get to know you to make decisions about the kind of person you are, to make decisions about values. And even those kinds of ideas, this is why, you know, the sale for cash is at the end of a lot of other sales. 
you're selling your values, you're selling the value proposition, you're selling your offer, you're selling the idea of someone actually deciding that they want to hear your voice anymore or not. They need to say yes to all those sales before you ask them and they agree That's to give you any absolutely money. absolutely right, yeah. And so this whole, oh my gosh, I hate sales, I hate selling, how to sell without selling, which is one of the one of the expressions I mock mercilessly, don't sell without selling, sell or don't sell. And if you love what you sell, and if it's going to make, you know, people's lives better, and you are doing the work around preparing the ground, making sure that that offer is the best it can be, making sure that it's the right fit, then you sell with your whole heart. You sell like they, like again, and you know, this is an analogy really close to my heart. You sell like they have cancer and you have the cure. You share it with them like, you know, like you know that it's going to make a difference. If if you don't have that level of conviction, then wait till you do or, yes. go, or go find something else. Oh my goodness. This is something that I kind of bore myself a bit saying the whole time. And that is that, you know, I coach a lot around um, high ticket offers and um, putting together high ticket offers. And the thing that I absolutely have to get people to understand is that there is one negotiable. If you want to sell a high ticket offer, you've got to be outstanding at what you do. You have to be able to deliver. Now, if you can, if you are outstanding at what you do and you can deliver on your promise, why on earth would you do people the disservice of not selling that to them? If you know how good you are and you know the results you get for people, absolutely why would you not sell that. And every time, because I do this quite often, every time I've gone and invested in something that I don't know how the hell I'm going to pay for the whole thing. I'm on payment plan because I'm like, I have no idea. You know what? I go and find out. I stop obsessing with my resources and I get resourceful. And every time I have stretched to, you know, as much as my uh, myself can, can can stand, every time I've done that stretch, I've grown and, and it's not like I shrunk back. Right. So, so this idea of, oh, I don't have all the money sitting in my back pocket. Good. Because if you did, you've probably waited too long. But we have to stop making assumptions about, you know, we have to stop counting other people's, the money in other people's imaginary bank accounts. Yes. We have to stop assuming that we know, you know, what's That's going right. on with other people. Focus on you. Focus, focus on what your offer is, but also focus on the value it is to them and let them decide. You know, I, I'm not out here. I'm, I'm not in the convincing business. It's just not my way. I'm not, I'm not here to Jedi mind trick you into buying something that isn't the right fit for you. You know, I, I'm a mum. So in addition to all the other, you know, I'm a wife, I have to be in my integrity. I will not take your money if it's not a good fit. I will not, I will not keep hold of your money if, if we come to the agreement that I didn't give you what you said you wanted. If you got no results, that isn't on me. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a coach. There are so many people that you know that I've had impact in their life that I've never met face to face. So this idea that I'm going to come and wave a magic wand and fix everything for you—that again, I'm I'm not that chick. I'm not I'm not the person you're looking for because I make magic, but I'm not a magician. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. 
Well, I think that has been incredibly powerful conversation, Inka, and that's it. I just know that will have given so many people food for thought. It's a topic that I talk about a lot too, and having your perspective on it is just so valuable. So thank you so much. If people would love to reach out to you, because I am always, I mean, you and I are in similar coaching spaces, but I'm always the first one to say, I'm not the right coach for everyone. You're not the right coach for everyone, but goodness me, isn't it wonderful that we all have choices? Absolutely. So if people are loving what you're saying, um, which I know they will be, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, best spaces, LinkedIn. Um, I'm there every day. Um, they can connect with me on Facebook as well. And also I'll drop my email, uh, which is hello at callousuccess.com. You know, I'm passionate about this. I, I keep talking about a cash flow revolution, but there's, you know, there's a growing community of women who are unashamedly focused on accelerating their cash flow even just the the liberation in finding others who have you know we're talking about people who come from opposite ends of the planet like you know their heritage and yet some of their kind of money patterns and you know have been exactly the same Mm. and and we've got to start having these conversations we've got to we've got to do the brave thing we've we've been through such a difficult time but you know what? That's just proof. We can do hard things. Right. Like cash flow doesn't have to be hard. And, I, and I'm so mindful that, you know, a lot of spaces will say, oh, you know, go and put in the hard work, just hustle your way to cash flow. You can do that. But why? You know, some people are like, well, you know, do smart work and, you know, get the skills you need. Of course, absolutely. But what is even better is to get frameworks is to be able to actually, you know, start where other people have left off and use other people's sweat equity to help you supercharge your results. So I'm so passionate um, about the opportunity to help women in this space. Uh, I'm so grateful to be here and have the chance to talk to you about it. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. My pleasure, Yinka. And yeah, I would absolutely urge anyone listening who has had their interest piqued by this whole cash flow thing, which I think is huge. Absolutely reach out to Yinka. Thanks for joining me, everyone. And bye for now. Bye, Yinka. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together, reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now.